Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. This is our fourth episode. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books, and he's the director of Hopo Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. And today, we're talking about a topic that's right up your alley, Dad. We are talking about what do healthy relationships look like? And I'm guessing in your practice... You deal with this on an everyday basis. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I think it, we can all identify pretty easily what's not healthy about our relationships, but how do we find that that healthy relationship or, or qualities that can lead to a healthy relationship? Yeah. Most people don't even know really what a healthy relationship looks like. And they look at other people that, and they think, I wonder what their secret is. I wonder what they're doing that I don't know. Yeah, yes, a, a lot of it. A lot of it comes down to uh, thinking that somebody else knows something we don't know. Well, I think we all see. You know, we're we're out. Maybe we're on a vacation somewhere. Back when we used to be able to go on vacations, and we see this cute little elderly couple holding hands, walking along the beach, and we think, "Man, I want to be like that someday. I want to have that kind of a relationship." How do yeah. we get to that point? Well, I, I can tell you. You know, rather than talking about just generalities of all relationships, relationships between uh, friends, relationship between parents and children, relationships between bosses and employees, I want to focus a little bit more on marriage relationships. Sure. Because sure. that that's a primary one. We see a lot of it in our counseling practice, a lot of marriages. And what I would say is really healthy marriages have three basic things that they practice. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're, they're, they're almost like, I don't want to say they're secrets, but, but it is something that healthy relationships have that unhealthy ones don't. They have them in their tool chest. They have them in their tool chest. All healthy relationships are mutual. Okay. Reciprocal. Okay. And free. All right. Oh, those, those are good. Yeah, we're going to talk about all three of those. Okay. And it's, it's not about power and authority. Uh, this is not talking about parent-child relationships in which the parent has power and, and authority and the child does not, or employer-employee. But this is talking specifically about marriage. Sure. And at some point, uh, maybe after you, you get through explaining these three items, I want to talk about how do we move from an unhealthy to a healthy, how do we get there? Because that's, mm. I, I think a lot of people recognize they're not in a healthy relationship, but they don't know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. Talked about mutual, reciprocal, and free. Well, a reciprocal relationship is one where we are both giving and receiving. Sure. And if one party is the one who does all the giving and the other party is the one who does all the receiving, it's not a reciprocal relationship in time the person on the on the giving end will become resentful That's what and I was that say. will cause yeah. real problems yeah, yeah that, would, that will cause yeah. real problems yep um a relationship without reciprocity is really not a friendship or a marriage it's, it's more of a ministry uh, okay. a ministry is a fine thing to have but friendship 
that is actually a ministry is not what we signed on for. We, we didn't sign on to develop a ministry with this person. Right. We signed on to love this person and to have a relationship. Right, you need giving. So a mutuality means mutual caring, mutual honesty, mutual respect, mutual responsibility, and mutual repentance. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we think of one another on equal terms. We're peers in that way. Uh, we, we, we are both equal. One is not more important than the other. Uh, one is not more valuable than the other. One is not more equal than the other. Uh, both are equal and both are um, mutually invested in the other. Uh, so there, there is a high degree of expectation that comes with that expectation is that if I do this for you and for our marriage, you will do that for me at some point. Yep. yep. So th there is a mutual thing. Problems when those qualities are not present in a marriage and the expectation isn't realized. That's, that's a problem with mutuality where it becomes one way. And if you have that right now, how do you get to the point where it's more mutual, where there is more give and take? Yeah, I think there's, an, there's a need for real honesty and for, um, you know, for a very frank conversation on that. It's going to just build up resentment and frustration if it's not talked about and if we don't lay our cards out on the table. But that's, that's mutual. Reciprocal, I mentioned it a little bit before, that's a give and take between a husband and wife or a give and take between a boyfriend and girlfriend that they're giving and taking. It's safe, it's open communication of thoughts and ideas, uh, tolerance, loving tolerance for different perspectives sure. and opinions. Uh, no, it's, it's really, and I see this a lot, no attempts to talk somebody or the other partner into agreeing with the opinion and the agenda of the other one. Right, uh, right. Disagreements are handled with kindness and respect and you leave room to disagree without being disagreeable. That everybody doesn't have to agree. Uh, so respectful listening and problem solving are part of the strategies. It's an equal sharing chance to both put input in uh, without expecting the other person necessarily to agree. Really healthy relationships uh, have conflict. Uh, in fact, conflict, <laughs> someone has said that a conflict is the price that you pay for greater intimacy. Ooh, I so like if that. I if I want greater intimacy, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to endure conflict. Nobody likes conflict. Sure. But if everything is la 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 and we're just buzzing along and we're only on the surface and we never go deep and we never have conflict, uh, we really don't have much intimacy. Right. Almost uh, in, like intimacy yeah, intimacy is where we are really able to be honest and go deep with one another mm -hmm. and know that our opinion is respected and honored and that we're not, somebody's not trying to talk us out of our opinion. Well, so, I think a, a key that you mentioned too is that you feel safe. You feel safe to share your opinion knowing that even if they don't agree with you, they're going to respect you. Yes, with couples he or she won't express their opinion because there's, there's fear. They're afraid that the other person's gonna reject them. They're afraid the other person's gonna become angry. Yep. They're afraid the other person's gonna walk out. They're afraid the other person's going to, you know, tit for tat kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're afraid to really be honest 
And so it's not a real reciprocal relationship. Or pout, um, or hold it or against pout. Yeah. Yep. An example of reciprocity is like, say, on, on a budget. Each partner needs to follow the spending plan. One doesn't get to go out and spend like crazy, and the other one skimp. Right. And you so probably see that a lot, don't you? You do. You see one that feels absolutely free because it's usually the husband because I'm the one making the money. Right. Or I'm the one making the most money. Oh, my get goodness. that sometimes. Mm, I make more money. Right there. I make more money than you. Ooh, and so the, I get to spend. <laughs> those are fine I get, words. I get to spend my money any way I feel like it. And you don't get to tell me I can't. Oh, my gosh. That is, that is a grown-up version of a toddler right there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's. <laughs> Uh, welcome to my practice. I mean, okay. that's, a, that's a lot of, of what we're dealing with is people who feel entitled or have the right to spend money the way they want to spend it instead of right. uh, I spend money, money, you spend money, and it's our money. Right. In fact, what I would urge is a general fund or a general uh, account that we both put our money into and we have agreed upon limits. Right. And if I'm going to spend over a certain amount, I've got to ask you. Right, and I've transparency gotta, on where, yes. where those funds are going so that someone yes. doesn't have a side addiction that the other one doesn't know about. Yep, and that I'm happens. sure I don't want to jump the gun there because maybe you're going in that direction anyways, but it just <laughs> seems like transparency is kind of obvious if you want a healthy relationship. Yeah, I, I, I know many couples that it seems like it's very much one-sided mm -hmm. and that creates problems in the relationship. Right. The, the last thing I wanted to talk about after mutual and reciprocal is free. Uh, freedom means that the husband and wife are both free to make choices, both free to give input, both free to express their opinions without fear of being manipulated or retaliated mm -hmm. against or punished for their opinion. Both are free to be themselves without pressure to become something that they aren't. Uh, because love flourishes when there's freedom. Yep, yep. Uh, when you're free, you feel like I can really love this person because I can be honest, I can be transparent, I can be vulnerable with this person. And without freedom to be who we are. You're more like a prisoner. Uh, love, You're almost yeah, a prisoner. Yeah, love, love dies. Yep. Well, love compels us to be sensitive to the thoughts of the other person. Doesn't require them to change who they are uh, or what they're doing to please them. Uh, so I, I don't say, okay, you've got to become like me. You've got to be a clone of me. That would really please me if you thought like me and desired the same thing that I desire and have the same behaviors. Yep, right. Might as well just um, marry yourself. You already got yes, it figured out. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. When there is that kind of insecurity with one partner and a selfishness with one partner, they want to control the other, that's not healthy and that's not love. No, okay. Uh, love, so love means I don't have to control you. Right. So we have a pretty good outline of what a healthy relationship should look like. But what do we do if we're in a relationship that's not healthy? How do we get it to that place? It may be, I mean, you can certainly try on your own. You can take timeouts. You can learn better communication skills, reflective listening, or speaker-listener technique, they call it. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do to better equip yourself to uh, listen more effectively. Most of us don't listen well. We right. learn to talk way before we learn how to really listen properly. But if that doesn't work, you're going to need, you know, a pastor, counselor, a really mature friend, mm -hmm. a real mature couple that could speak into your life 
or into your lives as a married couple. Uh, but then more than that, you've got to do more than just hear it. You've got to act on it. If you don't ever act to change, right? it's just good words. And yep. good words, words are cheap. Yeah, and I would think that in this day and age, I think the divorce rate was high prior to COVID, but then you trap people in in their homes together. They really can't go anywhere. They really can't do anything. Your relationship is going to, you're either going to figure it out and you're going to make it better or it's going to continue to erode. And I have to think that the divorce rate spiked even higher since we've all been shut in together. Have you seen that at all? Yeah, we, we, yes, we absolutely have in our client base in terms of the number of clients that we're seeing now. But yeah, marriages are going to go one of two ways in a shutdown situation or a lockdown situation. Either you're going to say, wow, this is great. We get more time together. We get time with you know, each other and we get time with the kids. This is fabulous. Yeah. I think we we all thought that for the first two weeks. And then when we realized (laughs) it went beyond that, we're like, okay, this is old. (laughs) old. It's getting old. (laughs) Uh, But, but, you know, then after a while, if, if it was the busyness of our lives and the busyness of, you know, our kids and taking them to soccer practice and volleyball and, you know, plays and all of the things that kids are involved in, if that was what was occupying the marriage and now all of a sudden we're thrust together, mm-hmm. now that brings out all of the problems that were buried. And not and only were, that, but you have new stressors. Maybe there's job loss or maybe you've been cut back on hours or there's health issues. There's yes. all kinds of more stressors being added yes. to what could have been already kind of a tense situation. Yep. And you might have a mom or a dad or somebody close that you love that that comes down with COVID and now you've got that worry. It it all amounts to a lot of stress on couples today and stress pushes us one way or the other. Now, if a couple wanted to reach out to you or a a husband or a wife um, wanted to reach out to you for for further um, instruction beyond this podcast, how can they get a hold of you? Best thing would be just go to our website, uh, www.hopewellcouncil.com. Okay, hopewellcouncil.com. And I'll give that information again at the end of the podcast as well. Yep. But just, just as a starting point, because I think people, they know they're hurting, they just don't know what to do about it. So how yep. do we get to a better place? Yep. And how One do you of, become the type of person that's healthy that others are drawn to? Yeah, and you and I see them. I mean, we see couples that are really doing great. And they are in love and they are you know, seemingly pretty happy and healthy people. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, When I was a pastor, we used to have a ministry that matched up healthy marriages with unhealthy ones. They would have uh, at least every uh, month, they would meet those four people and they would go through the issues that were afflicting the unhealthy couple and the healthy couple would speak into their lives. Sure. It's not therapy, it's not counseling, you're not paying money for it other than you're going out for refreshments, but it's a chance to see modeled in front of you another couple that's doing it and doing it well. I think that's key, having someone who comes along beside you and says, I've been where you're at, I know how to get this to a better spot, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there right by your side, I'm going to coach you along. But you have to be willing to A, admit that you've got some issues in your relationship and B, be open to um, accountability and having someone check in with you and call you out on your stuff. We all have stuff. Yep, everybody's got baggage. Yep. The question is, where are you gonna unpack it? 
Exactly. Are you going to pack it before you get married, after you get married, or after you get divorced? I mean, one way or the other, you've got to unpack that stuff. Now, what do you do if there's one person in the relationship who says, we got problems? We got very serious problems, and the other one's like, eh, I don't think they're so bad. So how do you address that kind of a situation where one wants to deal with it, the other one really doesn't? Two schools of thought on that. Uh, one is uh, kind of what they call the mobile idea, that if I pull one little strand of the mobile, the whole mobile will change. It will mm -hmm. move. So the thinking on that one is if I get that one person that wants to change to begin making changes, the other person will automatically adjust to the changes of the partner that is getting the help. And the other theory is, no, unless you get both partners involved in making the change, it's probably not gonna be effective or lasting. Right. And uh, from our perspective, we wanna do marriage counseling with both partners. Sure. Uh, because that's the most effective way. We're gonna get much more effective uh, counseling and, and much more effective results if we have both partners in. So that's why uh, your mom and I both counsel together. We counsel couple on couple. First of all, <laughs> it's two sets of ears, two sets of eyes. You know, we're all, we're both uh, hearing what this couple is saying and we're able to process it and come up with a way better treatment plan that way. Right, right. But if you have someone comes to you and just they're just at their wits end, they don't know what to do, can they seek individual counseling if their partner's not willing to come in? Yes, they can. To strengthen yeah. themselves and learn better yeah. strategies for dealing with the situation yep. and coping, yep. coping methods. Yeah, and you have to, on that one, you have to come to the conclusion, well, if my partner never changes, I still need to make changes myself. I still need to become the kind of person that God created me to be. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to still keep going here and make the changes I need to for me. The love chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13. How does that play out in a marriage? Reddit weddings and um, counselors refer to that, but what does, how does that look like in an actual marriage? Yeah, well, that, that is a unique kind of love. <laughs> That's not the kind of love that most of us think of in the culture that we live in. Uh, we tend to think of love as being more of a feeling, but the love that's mentioned in that chapter is agape, and agape is sacrificial love. Mm. It basically says, I'm willing to sacrifice my rights. I'm willing to sacrifice myself for the benefit of the other person. That is so beautiful, very, it, whether I feel like it or not. Whether I feel like it or not. It's a mm -hmm. very sacrificial love. It's the kind of love that Jesus had for us, the kind of love that God has for us in sending his son. Right. Right. Um, it, it's not because he had a deep feeling for us and he had liver quiver. It's because he wanted to see us in a relationship with him. And that's what a healthy relationship looks like. Sacrifice. Right. It's a big part of it. And he continued to love even when he wasn't being loved in return. Yeah. Even when men spat upon him and rejected him and nailed him to a cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Right. And I see a lot of times in relationships, and I've been guilty of, it, guilty of it myself, is that if you're not feeling loved, you don't want to give love. So, well, as soon as you're loving to me, then I'll be loving to you, <laughs> you know, where you yeah. have to say what the kind of love you're talking about is I'm going to love you regardless. I'm going to yeah. do the right thing regardless. 
Boy, it, one of the hardest things is to be in a loveless marriage mm-hmm. where you're, you're just struggling because much as you love this other person, it's not reciprocal. Right, right. It's not coming back at you. Nope. You're, you're, it's a one-way love. You're giving and they're taking. Yep. And that, that leads to, ultimately leads to resentment and bitterness. But with, with agape love, I'm going to love you like Jesus did, no matter whether you accept me or don't accept me. Remember, he came to the Jews, and the Jews did not accept him. Mm-hmm. They, re- they wouldn't receive him. And had they received him, he was their Messiah. Right. And I think people get into marriage thinking, you know, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be blissful. It's going to be happy and harmonious. And then when things turn for, turn for the worse, and you see the worst of a person, you, you become disillusioned. For myself, you know, I'm a single mom. I've said this many times that the loneliest I ever felt was when I was married. Sometimes I, I get lonely, but it's different when you're, you almost feel trapped. You almost feel like a prisoner in your own marriage. And so that's where, that's where love is, is the hardest. It's hardest to love when you, when you feel so alone and you feel so yeah. cast aside and your, your needs are not me, being met. There, there is a passage in the Bible Uh, Revelation 2 um, and verses 3 to 5. Uh, Jesus talking to the church at Ephesus, and he says, I have this against you. You've left your first love. Mm -hmm. He said, I urge you, therefore, to remember from where you've fallen. Remember, repent, and repeat. Go back and start doing what you did. And that is so huge to humbly come before the person that you're married to and say, this is where I screwed up. I screwed up. And I'm asking if you will forgive me and to clear Boy, the slate, to start over again. Yeah, that's humbling. Humbling is, <laughs> is kind of a scarce commodity these days. Pride uh, fights against becoming right. humble. We don't want to humble ourselves because then uh, we'll be thought of as weak or we'll thought of as being somebody is going to have power over us. Yep. So we just, we just don't want to be humble. And to admit you are wrong when you've been hurt. So, I mean, it always takes two, but you can only, you can only own your part. You can only do your part. You're right. That's some great material. So when you see couples, do you have a checklist that you can say, these are true marks of what a healthy, healthy marriage looks like? We do. In fact, one of the sheets I have in front of me right now is 35 marks of a healthy marriage. Wow. We probably, we probably don't want to go through all 35. Well, what are some of the big ones? Well, I think one of the ones is one we've talked about, the absence of fear. Right. Uh, that one partner is not afraid that the other partner is going to reject them or become violent or abandon them or they're going to suffer loss in some way if they are being honest. That I'm not afraid to tell you how I really feel, how, what I really think. I'm not afraid to uh, speak my piece. Uh, yeah, you might not like it. But I'm going to be honest with you, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't have any fear that you're going to reject me or, in some way, become violent with me. Uh, communication is another big one. Oh, we that's talked huge. About that. Yeah, because people don't communicate well. What I found is that healthy marriages over communicate, not under communicate. They over communicate. They talk too much. I like that. Really, that's a good thing. Because yeah, sometimes people can talk your ear off. And yes. that gets a little annoying. But in a marriage. Like, sweetie, I do care what you had for lunch. I really do. But I'm trying to go to bed <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm 
you're really tired. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying to get things talked out. And again, we live in, in a pretty stoic culture here in Minnesota and even in South Dakota where people tend to keep their feelings under wraps. Communication, getting people to get their feelings talked about and get it out uh, is a challenge. And so you try to make it as safe as you can. You try to make communication as safe as possible. Uh, another one that strikes me that is a big one is forgiveness. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the willingness to readily, easily forgive uh, once I own up to it and I humble myself and I apologize and I ask you for forgiveness to know that on the other end, you will forgive me. You're not going to hold it as a grudge. Right. You're not going to hold this thing over my head, you know, for the next week or two. Uh, you will forgive me. Yep. That's, that's a huge one. And you're able to move forward. And hopefully the person committing the offense also has learned from that and doesn't continue to offend. Uh, maybe a last one just to, to think of is love. Not only the, the sacrificial love of agape, but there is the phileo love of feelings. I really have emotional feelings for you. You light my fire. You make my liver quiver. You cause my temperature to rise. When I see you, I get excited. Mm -hmm. I look forward to being with you. All right. I well, miss you when, well. when we're apart. <laughs> Stop it. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got to have that love. You got to have those fireworks. I absolutely. That's, that's the, the chemistry. You got to have that. And yeah. I think, you know, it's not always there when, you know, in the midst of conflict, it's the foundation on which the relationship is started. Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's 35, <laughs> 35 of them that we could go through. Yeah. But and if somebody some, wanted access to that, ones. they could probably contact you through your website. Yep. Okay. Yep, I'd be perfect. glad to send it to them. Wonderful. And next week, we've got another very um, thought-provoking topic, and that is the whack-a-mole life. I, I love this topic because these days we're all living from crisis to crisis, and that's what that's about. Whack-a-mole life, living from crisis to crisis. How do we get beyond that? How do we navigate through these trying times? We'll talk about that next week. We are so grateful that you chose to tune in to this episode of Hope for the Hurting. New episodes are uploaded every Sunday morning. You can find our podcasts on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Current and past episodes can also be located at hopewellcouncil.com, which is also where you can go to contact Dr. Irv. And also, um, if you'd like a list of those marks of a healthy biblical marriage, you can contact Dr. Irv and he can get you a copy of that. If you have comments or a question, please feel free to send an email to hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. And I will leave you with this. God of all situations, be with us even in our mistakes. Be with us as we recognize them, as we talk about them, as we examine them closely, as we learn from them, as we recover from them, as we begin to hold them loosely, as we learn to let them go, as we grow into greater wisdom. Be with us as we trust ourselves to trust in you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.